The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Ad Astra. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Some ice cold Coors Light. Mountains are blue. Perfect. Also joining us today is Mugga. What up, Mugs? What's up? What are you drinking today? I got some ultras. And uh, also joining us today is Dominic. What's up, Dominic? What's up, Kerwin? What are you drinking today? Some water and some Modelo. Perfect. What are you drinking? Water. There you go. Yeah. All right, so today we're talking about Ad Astra, released September 20th, 2019, produced by 20th Century Fox, Regency Pictures, Bonna Film Group, New Regency, Plan B Entertainment, RT Features, Keep Your Head Productions, Mad River Pictures, and distributed by Walt Disney Studios. It stars Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Nega, uh, Liv Tyler, Donald Sutherland, and Jamie Kennedy. It's directed by James Gray, written by James Gray and Ethan Gross. Uh, so before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga hit us with the financials. So it's Sunday that we're recording this on the opening weekend of when it came out. Um, I had done the research on Friday morning because I saw it Thursday night. And I had got the projections of what they thought this movie would do, um, roughly around 15 to 20 million. It was going up against Downton Abbey and Rambo, uh, Last Blood. And um, they had projected this movie was going to be between 15 and 20 million. I literally just looked this up before we started recording this, and it was at 19 million right now. So, I mean, almost to where they thought they were going to be. It is not number one, though, box office for this weekend. Uh, Downton Abbey has 31 million as of right now and Rambo First Blood I mean sorry Rambo Last Blood is also at 19 million as well but right underneath it so kind of interesting that Rambo is almost basically equal with it um, it did make 1.5 million on Thursday night. I went to watch it, so that's part of my money. Um, I do have some other things comparing it to sci-fi movies. When you guys are watching this, did you at all kind of get some sort of like comparisons of this movie? Like I thought of The Martian, mm-hmm. Interstellar, and all that. I, yeah. I just wanted to throw this out there because this movie, what I had cost at first was going to be 80 million, but because of a think screen test, they had to bump it up and do some reshoots, and that bumped it up to around 100 million. So it had a production budget of what I got as a hundred million. Gravity was roughly around, I have 100 to 130 million. The Martian, 108. Interstellar, 165, which are all higher than this. But First Man that we just had come out recently about a year ago only cost around 60 million to make. So I thought that was relatively interesting. Um, the guy's name is James Gray, correct? That's the director. This is his obviously biggest movie. This movie cost more to make than his other six movies combined. Wow. So I have all those movies. I don't have their budgets though, but I do have all the other six movies that he did. But this basically is more than all his other six combined. But I thought he did a good job on it. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a big deal to him. But, um, but as far as that, that's what I got on the financials. Yep. Jason, uh, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, 83% of critics liked it. Um, the average rating was about a 7.69 out of 10. There was 257 votes, 213 refresh, 44 were rotten. Um, the audience, however, which I think is very interesting, only 45% of the audience gave it a 3.5 or higher. Wow. Hmm. So again, this, yeah. is, this is not typical. We usually see the audience giving a much higher score 20, 30, sometimes 40% higher than the critics. 
And this time it's the exact opposite where it's almost 40% less than um, the critics. The average rating from the audience was a 2.99 with almost 2,000 votes. Uh, we look at IMDb, 7.2 out of 10 with almost a little over 16,000 votes. I looked up the demos again. There's not a lot of disparity. They're all within a couple tenths of a point. So um, that is all around that 7.2 mark. Uh, there is a couple interesting one-line reviews that I, I pulled. Uh, one of them, I think this was on IMDb. This movie's lack of character development and dialogue, although the visual effect is crazy, really beautiful and stunning, the story is too weak. No thrill, no surprise, just drama between father and son. Brad Pitt's performance is crazy good. Another one was a series of unfortunate space-related events. One person uh, posted, utterly awful. And then the last one I had was, this movie has no point. It was total rubbish, and even Brad could not save it. Damn. What was the point of it all? Started off well, spiraled out of control. Don't waste your money. So this is being reviewed by the critics in a praise high level but the audience now is not giving it the same yeah so these are a lot of audience members giving these reviews but yeah i mean you can just tell that they are not as impressed i mean when you think of a space movie brad pitt you're like oh okay and the trailer you can definitely tell it's a space movie i'm wondering if they're wanting to go see a star wars or something where where this is like this is not that movie and then they get disappointed because critics are ranting and raving about this is what i've got out of it right well yeah i mean like i said on rotten tomatoes 83 percent of critics liked it but you know, 45% of the audience gave it a 3.5 or higher. That is significantly lower. I will say, I will say this though, like that trailer, like I remember seeing this trailer like all year long at movies and this trailer made me think that it was going to be like high action, but in space, like near future action kind of movie where yes, there's going to be some drama. It's going to be a uh, higher level kind of thriller movie in space but it turns out it's it's a drama it's like a family drama you know what i'm saying it's a existential family drama and i think what happens is you give the audience a trailer the trailer looks a certain way because you have the moon buggy you have all this other stuff that's really featured prominently in the trailer and the audience goes to see it and they don't get what's in the trailer no they get the actual film and i think this is this is another case of not a trailer being better than a movie, but a trailer telling the audience that they're going to get something different. Kind of like what we talked about with the Mexican, right. how people thought they were going to get a romantic comedy, mm. and it turned out to just be like the two two stars were never on screen together till the end of the movie. Yep. You know, that might have something to do with the audience reaction. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when you think of a space movie, and you said it was Disney as well, and you you got Brad Pitt in there. I'm sure people are expecting a lot, but you can tell that they were not, you know, it wasn't fulfilled what they wanted from seeing the trailer. So that's all I got for the I did not know Disney was beyond this. Yeah, we'll get into that in behind the scenes, but um, yeah, like Disney was the distributor for this this film. Uh, One thing I forgot to bring up, going back to the financials, I think they did strategically plan it for this weekend to go up against Rambo and whatnot because they wanted to give it that two-week cushion because in two weeks the Joker is coming out. Um, I did read that. I don't know if that's going to help it or whatnot. Is there any Oscar buzz about this? I haven't read any, but the reason why I'm saying this is because I read an article that the Oscar buzz around Gravity helped catapult it toward the success that it had. That ended up making $723 million. I don't see this movie making that much, but um, I'm wondering if there's some Oscar buzz that might help it out in a little bit or whatnot, but... I mean, have you heard anything though? Yeah, so like a lot of the critics that I've like kind of read and listened to as far as reviews are concerned for this movie, like, you know, it is opening weekend as we're recording this. Um, a lot of them are definitely talking about Brad Pitt's performance. 
um, because it's such a um, such a subtle performance. It's not over the top like Cliff Booth in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was his name, right? Cliff, yeah. Cliff yeah. Booth. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's such a it's such a grounded, subtle, introspective performance that people say he should receive a nomination for Best Actor. However, because he's such a mainstream, popular actor, and because this movie isn't really being hailed by audiences and may not see you know, large enough box office numbers or um, film industry influence, that he may not even get the chance. And we've seen that with movies in the past where you know somebody performed really well in a movie, but the movie didn't get enough buzz right. to warrant a nomination or earn a nomination in general. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. But like every review I've read, they love Brad Pitt in it. Oh, uh, yeah. The one review that you said there's no character development, I thought his development, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys feel it was great well, character development? Yeah, for I felt him like especially. his development was, I think that was what the whole purpose of it was like Brad Pitt's development was throughout the whole movie. Yeah. But all the side characters is like, yeah, like one or two lines to give him somewhat of a backstory of like why they're connected to his journey. And then they were like one-offs. Like maybe they're just feeding into people expecting something and getting something yeah. that they. But I think that expect. goes with the purpose of the movie. It's like he was kind of disconnected with everyone, and they kind of had to fill him in. Like, oh, this is who I am, and your dad did this and that, and he's like, huh. You kind of get more insight into. I like the way you're saying it. Your beats per minute are not above eighty, right? You're doing the. Uh, you're doing the. Uh, the McBride thing when he takes a psyche valve yeah he's like yeah. I'm good to go like so I don't know what the fuck <laughs> he says his tag yeah I'm still just real quick and we'll move on but I'm kind of weirded out that you're like surprised that Rambo Last Blood made the same amount like were you not expecting that to make the same amount I, I looked at that trailer and I'm like I'm not watching this like I don't I don't know that was my opinion and I looked yeah, at it Astra Old Town and like, Road in it man that, that was like yeah that I, was weird I'm not saying that movie's not going to make money but this movie was more attractive to me personally I don't know if I'm being biased about it but like no definitely yeah I, I don't know yeah I saw the trailer for Rambo Last Blood and I was just like y'all making another one like seriously and Sylvester Stallone looks god awful in it I mean it's just like he's on a farm He's on a phone. No, he's taking steroids since... I mean, like, do you see his face, like, up close? Yeah. And I'm like, that's what you're going to put in the trailer? I don't know. I was just like, there's no way. Yeah, I, I forgot Ugh. all about Rambo. I forgot all about this yeah. dude. And now... Hey, did we need another? Did, we I didn't. Thought, I thought the last movie was the last movie. I, I don't know why uh, we have this one, but hey, whatever. I don't know. Shit. I'll take another Expendables over <laughs> Rambo. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all right, so let's get into behind the scenes. Uh, let's talk about the director and the writer. So the director of this film is James Gray. Other films Gray has directed in the past are We Own the Night, which got a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, Two Lovers, which uh, has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and The Immigrant, which has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So he's got a pretty good track record uh, for his previous films. I like We Own the Night. That was a, that was a good movie. It was yeah. good? Yeah, I liked it. Okay, yeah, I've never seen any of his movies in the past, so... Okay. I, I have other movies. Little Odessa. Do you know anything about that? A, and also The Yards. Yeah. Okay. Those are prior to We Own the Night mm -hmm. in the 90s. Well, actually, The, the Yards was in 2000. Yeah. And then um, some of his frequent collaborators uh, include like Mark Wahlberg, Joaquin Phoenix, and uh, Marion Cotillard, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix actually appearing in four of the films he's worked on. So he's kind of like a Chris Nolan or Quentin Tarantino, where he's managed to kind of maintain relationships with specific actors throughout his uh, cinematic career. So as far as the writing of this movie, James Gray co-wrote Ad Astra with Ethan Gross, who wrote for the TV series Fringe and received uh, thanking credits on James Gray's previous films, 
like Lost City of Z, The Immigrant, Two Lovers in the Yards. So he doesn't have like an official writing credit or storytelling credit, but he is given a special thanks. So I would like to think he has some sort of involvement with James Gray's films in the past, maybe, possibly. Um, getting into development, back in summer 2016 at the Cannes Film Festival, James Gray announced uh, his plans to write and direct the sci-fi film Ad Astra with production set to start in summer 2017. The title of the film, Ad Astra, is Latin for To the Stars and is actually featured in a lot of mottos of different organizations and agencies, uh, but mostly air forces around the world. Certain air forces that use Ad Astra as their motto or part of it are the United States Air Force, Royal Air Force, uh, the Royal Australian Air Force, and the Chilean Air Force, and many, many more countries use it as well. Um, you know, for all the gamers out there, Bungie, the creators of the Halo and Destiny franchises, they also use Ad Astra in their motto. Their motto is uh, Per Adacia Ad Astra, which means through boldness to the stars. Shout out Master Chief uh, and the Arbiter. Yeah, we don't fuck with Cortana though. Yeah. Fucking God. <laughs> you got an Xbox, bro. PS4. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Uh, in April. <laughs> you good? I'm good. Okay. We'll talk after. Okay. We will. We will. We will. In an April 2017 interview with Collider, James Gray spoke about this film saying, quote, I'm terrified by it. The science fiction genre is so tricky because there are elements of fantasy usually involved and there are also fantastical elements. What I'm trying to do is the most realistic depiction of space travel that's ever been put in a movie, end quote. Gray also spoke about the hostility of space and about wanting to tell a heart of darkness story about traveling to the edge of the solar system. Getting into the cast, in the same Collider interview, James Gray confirmed that Brad Pitt would be starring in the movie as Roy McBride. Brad Pitt and James Gray had previously set out to work together on other films in the past. Brad Pitt was actually supposed to star in Lost City of Z, but he dropped out after uh, scheduling conflicts. And he and James Gray were actually supposed to work on a film adaptation of The Gray Man, but I guess that also fell apart because of scheduling. Uh, in June 2017, Deadline reported that Tom Lee Jones would be joining the cast as Pitt's character's father, Clifford McBride, uh, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland, and Jamie Kennedy were all confirmed as cast members in August of 2017. A little fun fact about Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, and Lauren Dean, who all appear in this movie, all starred in Space Cowboys. Uh, it's a 2000 Clint Eastwood film where retired pilots are sent into space to stop a satellite from crashing into Earth. In that movie, Tommy Lee Jones also decides to stay behind, uh, and he lands on the moon and he ends up dying there. So this dude likes leaving people behind, apparently. I never saw Space Cowboys, and I still don't want to. I have it. Wasn't that around the same time Armageddon came out? Like, yeah, I, I think yeah. it was after Armageddon. Well, same time. I don't know if it was after or before, but I don't know if it was right around that time. Because Deep Impact came out the same time as Armageddon, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. I think Space Cowboys might have been after, but I, I think it was slightly after. Slightly think, after. Yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of space movies. Yeah, a lot of space movies. We get back to that too. Like a lot more space movies are coming out. Liv Tyler is also in this movie where she stays at home while Barely. the boys go to space. So, uh, yeah, she's barely in this movie. She gets like 0.5 seconds of screen time. I was kind um, of bummed about that. I was, kinda, I was hoping they would show more of her. Yeah, like she does nothing. She says Roy a couple times, right? Yeah. And then that's it. She walks into a bar or something and she's yeah. just walking in and it's like, oh. Hey. And she smiles. Yeah, and, and that, I don't know. It's weird. Okay, like real quick before we move on with this. Yeah, we... Somebody out there make a movie where Liv Tyler gets to go to fucking space. <laughs> yeah. Yo, like real talk, like I'm sick and tired of all these girls staying at home on fucking Skype or on FaceTime with these dudes going into space that are never going to come back. Yo, can can like we send the ladies to space one time, like one fucking time? 
Space ladies. Yeah, space ladies. I don't know. Something. Starring Tommy Lee Jones. It's just like. <laughs> it's just he like. Survived. Space cowgirls. <laughs> that, that, sounds so, that sounds like something totally different. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Giddy up, girls. Yeah, seriously. But uh, yo, send Liv Tyler to space, please. Somebody somebody send this girl start to space. Start a petition right now. Exactly. We're going to start a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter. Yeah. Set, hashtag send Liv to space. All right, so getting into the production and release of the movie, filming on this movie lasted about 60 days up in Santa Clarita, California. Um, this movie was originally supposed to have a budget of 80 million, but like you said, Mugga, reshoots ended up costing an additional uh, 20 million, so uh, it went up to 100 million dollars. They, they did that because of poor initial tests for screenings, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this movie was also a uh, casualty of the Disney Fox deal, where Disney purchased film and TV assets from Fox for $71.3 billion. That merger was completed uh, this year, 2019, on uh, March 20th. As such, release dates and marketing for a lot of Fox movies scheduled to be released in 2019 and uh, forward were affected. Um, If I read this correctly, uh, Deadline reported that Disney did take over the marketing for this movie. This movie was supposed to come out January 11th, 2019, but it got pushed back to Memorial Day weekend, uh, May 24th, 2019, and then got pushed again to September 20th, which was the final release date. It was also supposed to have a premiere at Cannes Film Festival this year, but it was canceled possibly because of the Disney-Fox merger. Deadline says in their article that the delays were visual effects and reshoot related, like you did say, Mugga, because of the uh, initial reactions to the film. Um, The filmmakers supposedly wanted this movie to come out before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but they were advised possibly by the studios that it was a bad idea. There was marketing for this movie, you know, as we said, Disney took over, that involved uh, Brad Pitt having a 23-minute conversation with astronaut Nick Haig on the International Space Station. And that video was posted on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, this was apparently via partnership uh, between Disney and NASA. Um, So if you don't mind, I'm going to get into some details of that interview. Yeah. So um, here's some notes I got from that interview that Brad Pitt had with the uh, astronaut Nick Haig on the International Space Station. Not so much about the movie, but just some fun facts to know kind of what it's like to be an astronaut. Um, The astronauts use different hues of light to maintain a steady 24-hour day schedule. Um, Because they're revolving around the Earth uh, about 16 times in a 24-hour period, they see 16 sunrises and sunsets. So it's constant light on and off, on and off on that space station. So they have to use different hues of light. So like blue light when it's nighttime is off the radar. No blue light at night. They keep like the lights uh, low frequency to help people sleep and stay asleep. And they use like uh, scheduled lighting, you know, to help everybody with their work schedule as well so that you can stay functioning during like scheduled day hours. I got quotation marks in the air. Um, They also have to deal with uh, bases in Russia, Japan, Canada, the US and more. And they all operate on a Greenwich Mean Time, which covers the United Kingdom. So that's the the time zone that they operate in. So all those facilities on planet Earth all operate under that time zone. Um, The crew works a 12 hour workday from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. with, um, you know, like we said, a global mission control on Earth working 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to monitor the ISS and keep that thing running while the astronauts can get their rest. Brad Pitt asked uh, Nick Higgs specifically about being away from loved ones and how to maintain a good mental state while in space. And Nick Haig says that he gets to do video conferencing with his family weekly and that communication is pretty good in low Earth orbit because they're only so many miles above the Earth's surface. But the further away you get from the planet, like if you're going to the moon. Trying to colonize it. 
Maybe. Get some subways up there. Space Force is a thing now. So, yeah. Um, this movie proves it. Yeah, yeah tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, but like uh, Nick Hague was saying, there are bigger delays the further away you get from the planet. Um, he says that during the interview, which came out, I think this month, that he's on the tail end of a 200 day mission. So he comes back home in October of this year, 2019. Um, their space station, we talked about it uh, having like 16 sunrises and sunsets, I think in on average day. in one day. Uh, their space station moves at five miles a second. For anybody that's seen gravity, like when they do the spacewalks and the debris is like flying by like hella fast and it flies by like every 10 minutes, like that is literally how fast they're moving. And he says like when he does spacewalks, he is just like zipping across the landscape. It's crazy like how fast he, you, you can go around the earth. And then uh, shout out to the guy. He says uh, he loves making dad jokes on the space station. So I got to give him a shout out. Uh, the other astronauts are not as uh, appreciative of it as we are. Um, so Brad Pitt says in the interview that there was supposed to be a plot element or part of Ad Astra that involved 3D printing because 3D printing is a real thing on the International Space Station and other spacecraft. They use 3D printing a lot so that they don't have to launch materials all the time, wasting resources to send a screwdriver to the, to the space station. So they do use a lot of 3D printing, but he says that that part was cut out of the movie. And uh, Nick Hague says that they've actually been experimenting on 3D printing organs and tissue in space. So like uh, artificial organs, limbs, all that other stuff. So they've been working on a lot of that stuff. Um, Hague says that um, the helmets that the astronauts wear offer a complete 180 degree view of their surroundings. And he says there's absolutely no sound in space. You know, anybody that knows that stuff, there's no sound out there. Uh, The only thing you can hear is the ventilation from his life support. So it's just blowing like cool air on the back of your neck. So when you're out on a spacewalk, other than your comms, all you could hear is your life support system buzzing, and that's about it. It's completely dead silent. It's got to be an eerie, eerie feeling, I would think. Oh, you know, it's like, creepy, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, um, a fact about Nick Hague, um, you know, we kind of deal with uh, emergency landings and emergency protocol in Ad Astra. He actually had to do an emergency landing from a failed rocket launch, uh, I believe, back in October 2018. So, he and a Russian cosmonaut had to jettison their Soyuz capsule. 31 miles above the Earth's surface and conduct emergency maneuvers to land safely on Earth. So while they were launching into space, uh, there was a violent shake and all his systems went off indicating that he had a faulty booster. So they had to pretty much figure shit out on the fly and jettison themselves and land on Earth safely, which is crazy. But um, like we said, uh, he's currently in space now, you know, as of this recording, and he is coming home in October. So I hope I, I hope the man gets back. He was a really cool dude in that interview. And if you do get a chance, uh, go on YouTube and look for that Ad Astra interview between uh, Brad Pitt and Nick Hague. Uh, it's pretty informative. It's on the NASA YouTube channel. Uh, but getting back to the movie specifically, um, the visual effects companies involved in this movie were the Moving Picture Company, Method Studios, Mr. X, Way to Digital, Brainstorm Digital, and Capital T. Between all of them, they worked on films like Aquaman, The Lion King, a bunch of DC and Marvel films, the Fast and the Furious franchise, and the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. Wow. They had to do that, huh? You had to end on that one, didn't you? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> always, always. Like, okay, okay. All right. CGI hair breasts or something? Like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, cinematography was done by Hoyt Van. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck was in there? Like, what? I don't know. Just what CGI was needed in Fifty Shades? I don't know. The Ferrari like needed. They had to put gray on the pencils, <laughs> so that was done in post. I don't know. Shit. All right. 
Cinematography was done by uh, Hoyt of uh, Van Hoytama. I Hoytema. I hope I'm getting your name right. I'm sorry, Hoyt. My bad. Um, he did cinematography for The Fighter, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, and Her. Um, he also worked on the last two Christopher Nolan films, Interstellar and Dunkirk. And uh, he's the DP on Nolan's newest film, Tenet, which comes out summer 2020. Anybody that kind of follows Christopher Nolan, remember Wally Pfister is the guy that did a lot of his cinematography. Um, for like the Dark Knight, Inception, um, Prestige. But after he went on to do his own movie, I think it was uh, Transcendence with Johnny Depp and uh, Rebecca Hall from Iron Man 3. Yeah. I guess he did his own thing because he's he's hasn't been Christopher Nolan's cinematographer since. So like this guy's been rocking with Christopher Nolan since then. Didn't Transcendence like bomb at the box office? Too? I did not like that movie. Yeah, I, I don't think like it did very well at all. Yeah, it didn't get good Remind reviews. Remind me, wasn't it? Uh, Johnny Depp, Rebecca Hall, um, Vision, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany was in it. Morgan Freeman was in it. I like how we reference people by their Marvel characters. Scarecrow was in it. Yo, everybody <laughs> everybody in that movie except Johnny Depp was in a Marvel movie. Yeah. I guess he's like, I don't know, Captain Sparrow, but who knows. I feel like the guy should have stuck with Nolan, man. Like, Yeah, because he hasn't. I haven't seen him do anything but TV since then, since he directed that movie. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope he gets back to doing movies because I really love his cinematography. But this new guy is cool, too. Like, he's done some cool shit. Like, I wasn't a fan of Dunkirk. Like, I wasn't, like, a huge fan of it, but I thought it looked beautiful. So, you know, I can't wait to see what that other movie's looking like. The music for Ad Astra was done by Max Richter. Um, he actually did the music for Mary, Queen of Scots, which had uh, Margot Robbie in it. Came out, I think, either early this year or late 2018. Um, he did White Boy Rick and Hostiles. Uh, Hostiles with Christian Bale. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he did that movie, too. But that's all I got for uh, Behind the Scenes. Anything else, you guys? Did anyone see White Boy Rick? I did not see any good reviews for it. Uh, yeah, it was on Amazon. I never watched it. I heard it was good, but I, I like the trailers. I thought the trailers were yeah, good. The trailers look good. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll have to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a true story too. I think. Yeah, right? I think it is based on a true story. You're right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our uh, experiences with Ad Astra. Jason, what was your experience watching this movie? I was planning to go on Thursday night, but I, I couldn't make it. So I decided to go, um, which was opening night. So I went on the Saturday. I went at a 9 a.m. showing by myself. Wow. So I haven't been to a movie on my own in a long time. I've done it before, but I haven't been in a long time. So I do I it like, all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it before in the past, like maybe twice. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't I haven't done it often, but I, I kind of enjoyed it. So. When I was looking it up, the showtime was at 9 a.m., but there was two different theaters at the theater showing it, but it was the same exact auditorium. So I was kind of confused. Well, one was standard and one was this D-box is what they called it. So it was a little bit more for the ticket, but my brother-in-law had told me, like, if you can see a movie like this once, like, do it. And I still really didn't know what it was. I still can't even tell you what D and the D box stands for. But I was like, <laughs> I think it's, it I'm hoping it's digital or something or Dolby or something. But Digital. Probably Dolby, yeah. Oh, it's not dick box or something. <laughs> it's not dick anyway, in the box. So, so like, my, I was trying to get the ticket on my phone. It was fucked up. So I, I just bought the ticket there. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to pay a couple more bucks. I'm going to try this shit out. I'm on my own. But it was kind of weird because the theater like had seats in front. There was two or three rows in front. Then they had this D box kind of section. It's kind of walled off. And I sat in the second row of it. And then there's two more rows behind me. But there's a big wall. So like I can't really see people behind me at all, which is kind of cool. And I was the only one in this D box section. (laughs) And so 
I get to my seat and I'm like, all right, I kind of kick back and um, there's like controls next to me. It's like plus and minus. And I don't think it's the volume, but I'm like, I don't know what this is. I kept pushing it. Nothing's happening. I'm like, fuck it, whatever. So kind of kick my feet up. And then all of a sudden the preview for that Christian Bale, Matt Damon, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. yeah, It kind of comes on. And I, there was another preview was the tenant movie we were ta- you mentioned earlier. So that came on, I was watching, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then this preview came on and then all of a sudden the fucking chair just starts moving. Cause like it said something on the screen and it was quiet. And all of a sudden you just see like this, this Ford GT going around this, like this dirt bank or this, this paved bank and you just feel the chair start to vibrate. And I was like, Oh, what did I get myself into? And as the trailer starts going on, like I'm like vibrating and like all of a sudden it starts turning left and it starts going right and it's going back and it's going down. And I was like, oh fuck, like I don't know if I wanted all this. Like yeah. I thought it was gonna be like more intense sound or something else, but it was like it was a whole experience. And then the next trailer comes on, nothing. Hmm. Like the chair's just chilling. I'm like, oh, okay, this is weird. And uh, it might have been Gemini Man or something. I forget what the other trailer was, but it was an action kind of flick. So I was expecting more of this movie and nothing happened. And then the movie starts and like, I'm not knocking the experience, but like I'm the only one in these two rows. So people are like walking by, go to the restroom, grab a drink or popcorn. And I just feel like as they're passing through, they just, they see me in this chair that's just fucking moving. And it's like, so so I'm like kind of like self-conscious. I mean, thank God they had this wall behind me, but like I was a little self-conscious. So I'm like, Kind of sitting there, I'm just like, just look straight ahead, just keep watching the screen, you know? And I'm like, they had this plus and minus. I'm like, oh, maybe it'll dial down the intensity. I'm like, fucking pushing this thing like crazy and nothing's happening. It's still intense as fuck. Did you have popcorn where you... No, I had not. Thank God, dude. I was thinking about that too. I was like, they have a cup holder here, but this thing is like turning. Like, I'm like, how? Like, how? Or if I had a beer right there, I'm having been fucked, man. It would have been all over me. Popcorn, but just bluey all over me. But I didn't know. But like, so like all of a sudden, like it gets real quiet and it's like they're floating in space. They're either in the capsule or Brad Pitt's out and he's like kind of floating around. And it's just like, you just feel the chair kind of start moving like left and right a little bit. And then like, there's a part where he's going through the rings and Neptune and just like fucking vibrating like this. I'm just like, <laughs> and, then like and then all of a sudden, like, and then it's like kind of like nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, okay. And then like. I'm thinking it's just, oh, it's just the action sequences or just when they're in space. And then all of a sudden, like Tommy Lee Jones or maybe it was Brad Pitt, he goes to shut one of the doors and then like, boom, like it just like the thing just like shakes the shit out of me. I'm just like, so it was a cool experience, but it was like kind of distracting because at some points I'm just like wondering when this is going to happen. So I'm like, uh, I don't know if I would do it again. I thought it was cool with the, with the trailer. for Did the- it enhance or take away? In your opinion, I don't know. Like parts of it, I thought was cool. Like the space part when uh-huh. it's just like kind of, it's like quiet and it's just like floating, and you just feel the chair kind of like go back and forth and side to side. It's like kind of a weird experience. Like they do a great job with it. They got it dialed in. Like especially when the sound gets intense or the scene is intense. Like I don't know how they do it, but it's like real. Like it, the chair moves and it's like it'll go forward or it'll go back. Like some of the scenes where they're panning over, I think it was Earth in the beginning, and like the camera kind of comes from the bottom up. Like you kind of feel the chair start to like lean you forward, like you're actually looking down. It was kind of cool. There were some cool parts to it, but I think towards the end, like I was so confused when it was going to happen. So I was like slightly distracted. Gotcha. And I was also slightly self-conscious of like, people looking at you. yeah, I'm like, they're going to walk by, go take a leak. 
and they're just gonna, <laughs> they're gonna just see me bouncing around in this chair on my own in these two rows. <laughs> There's no one else, so uh, it was a, it was an interesting experience. But yeah, that that was it. Wait, so were you the only person in D box? I was the only one. Fuck. I looked around. I had to go pee at one point, and uh, I was frightened to even do that. So like, I pushed. The, I, <laughs> when you got up, did you feel like your equilibrium was all off? Or <laughs> well, that that but like I was putting the because you know the legs come out of these like luxury chairs now that they have in the theater, and I put the legs down, and I was like, I just don't want this thing to like like shake while I'm getting up. I don't know what's gonna feel like when I sit back down. And I'm just like, just gotta, I gotta go pee. So I just, I just did it. And I was fine. It worked out. But it's just weird because like I was expecting like to like look down and see all the seats moving. Mm-hmm. It's just my just seat. Yours. <laughs> I think I think like Maybe the, it's sy- the weight or something. I think the system knows that like only that seat has been because you pick your seat. You pick yeah. your seat now. So only that seat's been purchased. So when you walk by, you just see it's like a little digital readout of like the seat number. It says like F06. I was like, oh, that's what I picked. And so like, but that's the only one lit. So I'm looking down, I'm like expecting to see like, almost like on a roller coaster, one of those VR things, like all the seats moving. No, no, no. It's just my little seat just like going all crazy. It was a... Do you have to get fastened in? Like pull down the... <laughs> that's what I felt like I had to do Enjoy something. Like, when it's like looking up and the seat's just going forward, I'm like, man, I don't know when this is going to stop. Like it just keeps going forward, but... Honestly, I'm kind of interested in like going. I would, I would recommend it. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm sure they only do it for like movies that have like some kind of action or something. I don't think you're gonna go watch Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and you're gonna watch this in that kind of seat. (laughs) I'll probably do it for Ford versus Ferrari then. I that was a cool part because like when the car starts and it's rumbling and like they're taking turns and your and your seat's turning Mm -hmm. because you're it's like a point of view experience like like some of the scenes were and I was like oh my god this is this is kind of cool I like that but then I was just really put like I was like really concerned because in like the next preview that wasn't anything and then throughout the movie like some things would trigger a, a movement but some other things wouldn't like it, it was it was interesting I mean I don't know if I would do it again maybe for like a, that racing movie maybe I would check it out but yeah, that's my experience there you go <laughs> all right uh Mugga what's your experience with this movie I have to follow that yeah right <laughs> what the fuck man? I just sat there I, no, I mean I, I went on on the Thursday night opening weekend the only thing that was funny I mean I watched the movie with my girlfriend um when I got there she went to go get popcorn and drinks because I bought the tickets and I went to go get our seats. Um, when I got to our seats, the three next to us had been like, I want to say reserved already by the party that was there. So there's like a blanket. They had like their bags. And I was like, oh, there's people next to us. When they walked up, it was a little kid. I'm talking like four years old. And I'm like, oh, this movie of all opening, like yeah. why come to find out they had the wrong row. We were in row H, they were one right above us. So they got their stuff and they left. And I'm like, okay, thank God. Did not matter because she started crying ridiculously during the previews. And Kerwin, this is why you said when we went to go watch Creed 2, you don't do this on it because you deal with this stuff. It was really awkward. You could cut the tension with a knife. Everyone was mad. Everyone's looking over. And one older lady like had enough guts to look, turn around and say, do you fucking mind? <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is during the previews. Now, then they take a phone or a tablet and put it under a blanket to calm the little kid down because she was crying so much. It was kind of distracting the first 15 minutes, but I think after that I was fine. But other than that, yeah, that's I watched an opening weekend and I didn't get to have chairs moved. But uh, but yeah, and I had a little kid that really ruined the previews and like the beginning of it. But it was really awkward because everyone wanted to say what this lady was saying to her, but like no one did it. I think no one was comfortable where I was sitting. It just was the energy was just negative, you know. But yeah. after the 15 minutes, then it was like fine. I had a similar experience. I went and saw Hustlers. 
And there's like a little girl there. I'm yeah. like, of all a movies, they of all <laughs> movies, there's a little girl here. I'm like, where the hell is going on? I don't understand, man. Yeah. It's just like, like one, like she four. She's four years old. Four, four and I'm, I'm giving her four because I think I'm rounding up. But like the mom never took her out of the theater. Like the minute they're crying, like, hey, you got to go now. Go. You yeah, know? take your child out of the theater. No, put Make- even a tablet with her under the blanket that was, and to like, to like, hey, calm down. And I'm like, now you're kind of even being more distracting because of like the light, you know, and all that. It, I don't like, know. If it you was, have to bring a tablet to like distract your kid. You shouldn't be going to a movie. Also, you went to Harkins, right? Yeah, Harkins. There's a fucking daycare at Harkins. <laughs> there is. There really is, yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, yeah. this shit pisses me off. But I'm not going to lie, though. After the previews and the first 15 minutes in, we didn't notice it the rest of the movie. So maybe, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not complaining, but the it was, it was really awkward the first 15 minutes, yeah. I'm tired of all these people kidding around. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, my experience. Uh, I went to go see this movie with Dominic and uh, Bling. Shout out Bling. He couldn't make it today, but uh, he did go see it with us. Uh, we saw it in IMAX. Uh, same night you did mugs. Uh, preview night Thursday. My experience was a little weird. I get to the theater and uh, Dominic and I are waiting in line to get food. He's the slowest motherfucking cashiers on earth. For real. Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't understand how you guys hire these people. Also, when you go to the movies and you go to the snack bar, a little concession stand, know what the fuck you want. Like, it's not your first time at the movies. Like, know what the hell you want. All this shit is up there for the world to see. Like, well, fucking people on the East Coast could see the goddamn menu. I'm, I'm I don't know 30, why it's so hard for you. I'm 36 years old, and I don't think movie theater food has ever changed. It's yes. popcorn. It's nachos. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, dude, there's, it doesn't change. You, like, you can't, there's no, like, special of the week or the day, you know? Like, yeah, it's just, not know? even at a luxury theater, it's just like, yo, the menu's up there. By the time you get to the fucking cashier, have, a, have an action plan. <laughs> have a plan. I don't understand how people can, like, get in line and not know what the fuck they want or don't get in line don't get in fucking line until you know what you want i get pissed off i'm sorry no i was pissed off because this lady remember when she was like oh is this a line and she ended up going before me like she just came in the theater like two minutes and got to the front of the line so quickly yeah I'm like, I was, what the fuck yeah i was pissed off and then that other girl opened the line and didn't tell us that any of us could go yeah and then she's just looking right at us like oh am i taking too long ordering my food and i'm like yes bitch <laughs> fuck that was our experience. That was that was just the food. That was, that was the food. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I got a. You know, I never get anything but candy. But I was kind of starving Thursday, so I ordered nachos. I got Doritos nachos because that shit is flames. Um, I had no idea that this movie would be this quiet. <laughs> So I felt so bad because people were sitting right behind us. And I was just like, the one fucking night I get nachos. I splurge on fucking nachos. And this is the quietest fucking movie I've seen all year. Like, yo, it's the worst thing too because like so much of it takes place in space. It's dead fucking quiet. So like I can't even chew on my Doritos nachos. I can't even enjoy the nacho cheese and like munch on it. So I have to like put the whole nacho with the cheese in my mouth and like chew with my tongue. It's like a quiet place. Quiet. It's really it's the quiet same movie. exact thing happened to me. I got nachos at a quiet place. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, yeah, dude. Like it is the most awkward. And do you do the chew when you, it's that quiet? You do one chew and you wait to see when it's looking. And, and you wait like, to do another chew. You're just like you're just like chomp, 
chomp, chomp. But I'm chewing with my tongue to keep it as quiet as I can. So it's just like, oh, it's that's like, awful. Yeah, it's the worst way to eat nachos. Uh, Suck on it. Just like. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sucking on Doritos, dude. Like I'm sucking the cheese off these Doritos. Nah, it's in the waterfall terrible. scene, like in Quiet Place, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, as soon as now. as soon as it got loud, I was like munching. I was like, I gotta eat as much as I can before this cheese gets cold because I didn't want to be rude to the dudes behind us because yeah. there were people directly behind us. So I didn't want to be rude. But um. Concession stand rant, nachos. That was my experience. But Dominic, what was your experience? Same. We don't really need to get into it. It's the same thing. You guys are together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is you two and Bling, right? Bling. Oh, okay. Bling, Did he get anything from the concession stand too or no? No, he was chilling. He was there before us. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, what took you guys so long? Yeah, we missed the first couple minutes of the movie actually because we got yeah, in yeah. after like a monologue or something. So we missed. So you missed the previews and the movie, or just the previews? We we missed all the previews and the movie. We missed. I don't know how much of the movie we missed. What did you come I don't think in? It was at? much. It might not have been much. What did you come in at? We came in right before he does the spacewalk on the towers, right? On the okay, sp- so you saw him falling and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, that's it for experience. Uh, let's get into our trash and treasure. Jason, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? So I I didn't take notes during the movie, which... Uh, have you guys ever done that? Like in the theater, have you taken notes during the movie? I think, Kerwin, you told me you have. When you've seen a movie multiple times, you've taken notes. Yeah. I've never done it. So I had to, like again, from memory, kind of say, like or try to remember what I didn't like and like. But some of my trash is... I feel like the story has a lot of unnecessary things. Um, one, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but maybe Donald Sutherland. His character, I just does, I don't know if he needs to be in the movie. I mean, he can be. I get the connection to the dad, but does he need to go with Brad Pitt to the moon? Does he need to go on, with him on this trip? Or could he have just talked to him before they left? I well, don't know. He isn't, he's the one that had the high case like info as far like as like classified the classified info, right? I think he was yeah. the one helping him out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah. and I, he, if, if you take him out, really the story to, yeah. still goes on. And then he ends up yeah. dying like at the moon, essentially. Well, he doesn't, we don't see him die. We don't see him die. You're right. We don't see him die. But I, it's just like, I don't know if he needs to be in it. Like I, I like him as an actor and I thought it kind of added to like give that connection. Um, Brad Pitt, Donald Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, I, I, I like that in a sense to bring in someone from Tommy Lee Jones's past that went on the Lima project or, or was aware of, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and worked with him. But I just feel like he didn't need to go with him. I, I don't I don't know why they need, he needed to go just to, like, potentially die if he did. The moon scene, I don't know if that needed to be in it's, there. It's in my trash. The yeah. buggy chase? Yeah. 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 What's just, the point of it? Nothing, it does nothing was, for the plot other than give you a visual... Like satisfaction. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool, like the light and the dark and them chasing. It's almost felt like a Mad Max kind of thing to me. Well, it's, I think it's kind of to show the same shit that's happening on Earth is kind of happening on the moon. Like, yeah, I just, is it necessary? Still fighting over. Does it add nothing to do with the plot? Yeah. It's, it's in my trash. It. Yeah. Dominic, you kind of mentioned this earlier. Some of your trashes are treasures. I feel like this is one of them. Brad Pitt. I like his performance, but I feel like it's just, it just feels so robotic. And I, yeah. and I understand why they make him that way and the way he acts that way with, you know, his BPM doesn't go over 80 and he's very even toned. He doesn't get rattled in like a crazy situation. And I get it, but it's just like, I feel like there's another way they could have done it, but he just comes off just so like 
just monotone, robotic. And I, I don't know, I, there's a points where I, I understand why they did it, but sometimes I'm like, I want, I want more emotion, especially yeah. at the end. I want more emotion. I want to see a change. And I don't feel like I got that. Um, when Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones finally meet, when son and dad finally meet, I forget the name of the ship that they went to, but near Lima, Lima, Lima ship, whatever. I just feel like it's, I wanted like a more warm welcoming. Like, I just feel like it wasn't super warm. Whoa. It wasn't super, it wasn't super cold either. Like I, I was expecting either some sort of, um, emotional, physical or not embrace or reunion or something so cold and distant that it's on the verge of antagonistic. Like I needed one of those two things to make this whole journey worth it. And I, mean, I don't like know. 78 days from to get there, right? Mm-hmm. From Mars. And it's, it's just so, yeah, you Roy? And you're like, that's it? That's all you're going to say? I, mean, I don't, I don't I, know. Well, I think they did that to show the disconnect. Like he hasn't seen him in what? 20 years or however. And, and, that and he makes thought sense. he was yeah. dead though. Like, yeah. I don't know. But that, but I, I guess that does make some sense because yeah. the same thing with um, Roy's dad, like he went through so much shit to get as far as he did and he found nothing. He turned like, his back on everything. Yeah, it kind of yeah. makes sense for Brad Pitt's journey to mirror it where he goes so far to see his dad and he also gets nothing. Yeah. If that's supposed to be the parallel. But, but, I, but I, I don't hate it. But like after all this, the entire movie, you know, part of me was expecting it. But I guess just that's my own expectations at work. And this isn't really part of Trash or Treasure, but it's just like, what do you think the theme of this movie is? And like, what do you get out of this? Like, what's the the one sentence you can kind of sum up this movie? Like, what do you get from it? I kind of get like, there's a couple things like I was telling Muggs, I think it was yesterday. Think, just, do you want to do this? I think we could do that at the very end. Oh, do I, the, I think, okay, I'll do it. Wouldn't end. that be kind of good to do it at the very end? What, what is the main purpose or what are you getting out of this movie? I mean, yeah. Because I, I got my theory, and I talked to you, Jason, about your theory. It's completely different, but I yeah. think you could both but I put think, it together. I yeah. mean, I would get into that in my Trash and Treasure. So well, I mean, then go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, we can, we can do ahead. that now. Yeah, I just, because you were kind of touching on, like, some of the themes, like, you know, Timely Jones's purpose and, like, how he got nothing out of it, and then Brad Pitt, kind of similar. I just feel like people, adults, get so invested into, like, work, per se, and they, they just, they give their, their lives themselves over to it that they may miss out on, like, family or they miss out on events around them because they're just they lose themselves in it and it's like you look at Tommy Lee Jones he's just like I got I got to do this I got I, I he has this drive to do it yeah. and it's just like he misses what's kind of like right around him I, what, what were you thinking again Muggs well I'll get into mine yeah okay. I mean I, okay. I have it, what I think it's part of my treasures how the ending opens it up for you like what are you interpreting but I'll, I'll tell you what in mine, okay yeah. okay we'll go around I guess as we say yeah. it, and we'll, we'll do that um the ending I didn't care much for. I feel like we we're kind of left hanging a little bit. Again, I, I'm kind of attributing that to Brad Pitt's performance. It just felt like he he witnessed some things. I mean, when he meets Tommy Lee Jones, his dad, you know, we get a single tear. Well, that was good. Saw some emotion. But at the end, like he kind of talks about like I want to like love more. I want to laugh more. I think he talks kind of like that. He wants to live more in his life, and I just feel like it's still. We just don't get a lot and the movie ends. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too surface level at it, but I just feel like I, I wanted more. Um, I'll call you my trash there. My treasure, I think that some of the visuals are amazing. Some of the shots were just unbelievable when they were in space. The planets, um, that opening scene was awesome. Uh, th- there were some really cool parts. Again, flip-flopping. Brad Pitt does do well. So although it's robotic and I wanted more, I still think he does a great performance for what 
the role I think intends. I think he's supposed to be this this real steadfast kind of person where he's unwavering, nothing really affects him. So I, you know, he does do a good job. And then just this is kind of a goofy treasure that I have, and I'll kind of end on this. Um, the idea of the moon being like a commercial flying I, I liked place, it kind of too. Yeah, like a, yeah. I it loved was, it. It was so yeah. weird to see. I like so, how commercial, like the spaceship. They're like, oh, have your seat, have your seat. And yeah, and it's like, like, oh, so here he's like, oh, um, I need my blanket and pillow yeah. package. Oh, it was like 125 bucks, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, inflation. Yeah, 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 Jesus. I was like, you're already in this big ass spacesuit. I don't know what the blanket's gonna do for you, but it's like 125 bucks. I want a fucking premium blanket. And yeah, right. Some kind of crazy ass pillow but yeah when they get to the moon i just thought it was so crazy where like you see like a subway and you see all these places and it's so commercial and it's a commercial flight and i'm just like you're like he's flying under the radar going to the moon and i'm like wait what and it's like i don't know i just thought that was really cool i mean who knows what's going to happen and kind of entertain that whole when we saw like that that moon scene with the rovers and stuff it's like this this space force thing is like okay (laughs) (laughs) really taking this to heart in the movie and they're they're making it happen but um yeah that's that's all i got for trash and treasure all right mugga what's your trash and treasure for this it's almost a carbon copy of what jason is I, i got a few things I uh, uh, I did think it was slow at times, and I hate when I do this, but I look at my phone to see the time of the movie, and I, I did do it a couple times here. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying at times I thought it was slow. Um, I know they described that the antimatter explosion blew out certain things. The only place in the solar system to trans is on Mars. Like, there's nowhere on Earth that they could have done it. Wait, what do you mean? So I thought that's why he traveled to Mars to send the signal out to his father. Correct? Yeah, because that there's no place on Earth or anywhere else they had to do all that to get there. I, don't I believe know. they said because I read that an article and they said that unless like the sun is really like blocking Earth from Neptune, like you should have been able to do it. I, I don't know. They were they were well, kind of going like, what is real? It's yeah. the antimatter waves that are yeah. knocking out their equipment. And they said Mars was the last place that was available to do that. That's why he had to go to Mars. Because okay. they I, said like... Yeah. underground or something. Yeah, they said we could do it from the moon. I know it was underground, yeah. Yeah, they said we could do it from Earth. We could do it from the moon. But all those facilities aren't working now. You have to go to Mars to do it now. But and, and that's the best... I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, I, it was yeah, a lot weird. of the explanations, like for the characters and like it's the like, plot, like one off. So like, okay, I guess we gotta accept it for what it is. And so I, I like, didn't, I didn't like that, and I didn't like the way he snuck onto the spaceship on Mars. I think he went under the water, and then like that was the creepiest the, part for me. I was, I like, was just <laughs> like, dude, this guy's about to die. I don't <laughs> know what's gonna happen. You know, um, when Brad Pitt or Roy finds his father, I was kind of expecting Kerwin. I think you touched on it more of a. I don't. I guess I don't even know what I was expecting, but what I saw wasn't what I wanted. Like, wait, what's? And I was really confused. Uh, getting back to his ship, I, I did not like how he pulled the panel off as a shield going through the rings. Like, I don't know how the experience was with you in that chair. I mean, maybe that helped it out. He's but like, I was, dude, I was rumbling I was around like, like a motherfucker in that chair. And then he's like, like a Captain America in Marvel vs. Yeah, Capcom. I, I saw him looking at the rings and all the debris, and I saw him like pulling like it looks like a. A hood pin, like you would see on like a muscle car, yeah. pulling hood pins out to get this little shield out. I was like, "Oh man, I'm in for a wild ride right now," and I was. <laughs> I just keep. Him, I have this picture of like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, like when he's in the monster truck. Just <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was like. I was, I was like, like, I had to brace myself. I was like, "Oh shit, here we go." Everyone's was just so. looking at you like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, see you later, man. You're going to be oh, okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so, so, th- so there was that, and then, and then I didn't really like that he was going. I mean, maybe I'm not. 
as knowledgeable I am for like space, he uses the explosion to like catapult him through I mean, whatever, you know, I mean, I know it's in the future, whatever. Um, now this is something I specifically left out on my experience. I did go to the bathroom and I came back to where Brad Pitt and the guy are on the ship that was calling for Mayday. So I didn't understand what it was, and I'm watching this, and all of a sudden you see monkeys. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then he goes, no, no, no. I go, there's what? There's space monkeys? They're yeah. fighting? She goes, no, 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 no. Like, it, it, like, I guess there was, she explained it to me that there was like some experiments that went wrong or whatnot. Mm. But I kind of like, at first I didn't like it. I guess it kind of makes sense. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, was it necessary in it's the like movie? It's like an animal station know. in space. And yeah. I swear to God, I'm not even joking. I went pee at the exact same time. <laughs> it's like I didn't get I swear to God. So I come back and sit down and I'm like, all right, where are we at? And then it's like, I, then there's this, this monkey and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I swear to God. The first one, the, I leave, they're flown around in space. The next thing you know, they're on the station and exploring like, it. Like, and, I don't and this know guy's this, yeah. face is eaten off. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. So I, I didn't get that. I, I get it now somewhat, but I don't, I don't know. Um, the moon, funny. the moon chase scene, I'm wondering what was the point of it, but I said that specifically last because of my treasures. Visually, I thought the movie was great, especially that scene. I thought, I, I thought it was really cool the way they portrayed that. They had that whole view of the Earth in the background, like, "Hey, look how you get to see it." So I'm now on my treasures. I really like that. I thought the opening scene was great. Him falling, the way they portrayed that explosion, and you kind of already see that he's a guy low heart rate and all that when they like debrief him on and all that. But I thought the opening scene was great. Um, I love the cast. I, I I think that Brad Pitt did good. Tommy Lee Jones. It's like old school. Like yeah. I know you had Liv Tyler, but Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland. This is so stupid. But one treasure that I have, and I have to, is the calming room. And the reason why I say this, when he's on Mars and needs like stuff from Earth, you know, to calm him down. The majority of the coming room was the oceans. I was watching the waves the entire time. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I was so calm. Like when I was watching, I, I really want to be in that calming room. Um, I, I don't know, you know. Um, acting, I thought Brad Pitt did a great job. But I think my my biggest treasure of this movie is the ending is so, I guess, open. It's like you have a different viewpoint of it, and I have mine. Um, mine is like, hey, his father left him to go find something that he never found. There was no extraterrestrial life on all these planets and all that stuff. And Brad Pitt also is like venturing out to where like whatever they're trying to find is not there. And what maybe is best to them is at home at earth. And almost like, Hey, don't take for granted what you have right there, you know, in your reach or whatnot. I, and I, and I, I love that. That's how, what I got out of the movie. Like, Hey, earth is our home. It's the best thing. Like why go looking for all this? The grass is not always greener. Kind of what I got out of it. And I, 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 I really love that aspect of it. Um, there was one interview that I saw on Brad Pitt. This is another treasure. Um, talking about this movie, a lot of space movies, go into detail of with extraterrestrial where either we find them and they want to like befriend us, they want to eat us or whatnot. But this was like, hey, not finding any extraterrestrial is kind of even scarier that we are the only thing in this universe. I really loved that quote that he said. And so that's also kind of a treasure of mine as well. But but yeah, that's my trash or treasure. Uh, my trash or treasure, um, start with the trash. Um, I felt like some of the visual effects were spotty at times. Like this movie does look great but I felt like uh, composited scenes didn't look really great in some areas. The most glaring one is when um, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, you know, Cliff... Cliff, Mick, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cliff Bar. Uh, 
when uh, Cliff McBride is telling Roy, like, yo, let me go, let me go. And uh, Brad Pitt finally cuts him loose and Brad Pitt floats toward the screen. Like, it just felt like something straight out of, like, an adult swim show. It felt, like, so low res and didn't match, like, kind of the visuals of what really? was happening. Yeah, it oh, just wow. felt so fake. Like, some of the compositing in this movie just felt off i don't know i don't know what it was for me but it just didn't feel a hundred percent in some areas but like majority of the movie looked great but here and there I, I very much noticed it like you guys said the space buggy scene is completely inconsequential so many things in this movie are inconsequential however they serve specifically to showcase the nature of life in that time period right so you know, you have piracy, just like you had uh, on the open seas when people were uh, exploring during the age of imperialism and crossing the Atlantic. Like you had pirates. Um, you kind of have this like Western vibe where you have like Native Americans and like rogue cowboys, you know, murdering and attacking caravans and stuff like that. So I think like it kind of goes to show that it's the Wild West out right. there. That scene serves no other purpose than to show us that. You know, it's raw out there. It's right. gritty. It's a gritty type of type of place you're at. And the further you get from Earth, the more bleak things become. But yeah, the space buggy scene was just so inconsequential. And I say that specifically because it is featured so prominently in the trailer. In the trailer as yeah. a hook. And I'm under the assumption, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the audience that gave a negative reviews were that this movie was gonna be chock full of that type of shit. I was expecting like a cowboy bebop type movie when I see that you know what I'm saying yeah so and and I didn't get that which is fine you know there's its own kind of movie not every science fiction movie got to be about explosives and shit but like I felt like that scene was just kind of tacked in there I don't feel like they utilize uh, Ruth Nega enough in this movie she's a brilliant actress and she shows up for like three four five minutes in this movie yeah. she's like oh yeah your dad killed my parents get on the ship and go see him it's just like he probably would have been able to sneak on the ship if you would have just told him he could get on the ship. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's so enthralled with the possibility of seeing his dad and getting closure that he didn't need you to tell him that his father murdered your parents for him to want to go sneak on the ship. I feel like oh, he did, though. He he needed that motivation? Well, not that. Just a little insight into how his dad is and oh, yeah, what I think, drove him to this Yeah, I, I think all these characters serve kind of like a Donald Sutherland's character. They serve to provide insight about the father. Because every time he meets a secondary or tertiary character, it's always like, I know your dad. Your dad's a great guy. Your dad's yeah. a hero. Your dad's my hero. This and that and this and that. Or it's the opposite, where it's just like, your dad's a murderer. Your dad's dangerous. Your dad's going crazy. Your dad... He said I wasn't down with the cause and that I, you know, I failed or I'm not wholly devoted to our mission when you're talking to Donald Sutherland's character. So, like, I think every character in this movie serves to basically tell McBride about his daddy. But it's just like, you got some really good actors in here. I would like to see them do more than just yeah. Yeah. show up for five seconds. Um, Liv Tyler, like we said in the <laughs> in the uh, casting info, yo, like, yo, get this girl a movie. Like... She, she she was like nothing. non-existent, yeah. Yeah. non-existent in this movie because like the evidence that we have that McBride is more like his father than not is that he is married, he's in a committed relationship, yet he remains emotionally distant from his significant other to the point where she has walked out on him, and I get that, you know, I get that a hundred percent, but I feel like. Do we need her in the movie? Because I feel like you have this actress who's really good. Like, why not show more in those flashbacks? 
show more of that happening in his own life because we're not going to see that stuff with his dad but like I would have liked to see more of her and I feel like you could have easily done this movie with him not having a significant other however on the flip side of that I will say that we don't get a lot of his life with um, other people because he remains so isolated yeah. so we don't we don't get to see that because he has isolated himself so much to the point that any other person involving themselves or investing themselves in his well-being is also cut off from that so I, I'll say like I guess that's okay too um, the monkeys wasn't feeling it um, moving on from that <laughs> however you know we are talking about this being like a heart of darkness that is just another scene to show like yeah shit is bleak out here like you're gonna have research ships go fucking down and people are gonna die in crazy accidents like that scene again also shows how bleak it is out in space the further you go out in space the less and less like earth it is and the more crazy it is out there and i think that was i read an article that the director wanted to show how hostile it is for humans to be out in space yeah which i agree is what he did you know yeah were you kind of happy it was a a monkey as opposed to like an alien though like yeah i kind of was relieved I was like, I don't want this to be like some kind of alien movie where like now they're, they're going to introduce some kind of extraterrestrial. I was kind of like relieved it was just like, hey, they're doing these experiments and whatever happened, but like it went wrong and they attacked. But I was like, I don't know. I was kind of nervous it was going to be like some kind of alien and the, the movie's going to take a weird turn. I would have been cool if it was more space pirates. I would have been fine with that. that too. I was just happy it wasn't like an extraterrestrial oh, yeah. alien. I was just happy that it didn't take this turn where now we're getting real super sci-fi with it, I yeah. guess, personally. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, if it was aliens, like it would have just broke the movie. Oh, honestly. fuck yeah. I was just, but I didn't know what was going on too. And I see this and I'm like, okay, this can go one of two ways. It's going to be something real or, or like something that we don't know if it's real or not. And Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's mostly it for my trash um huh. okay so yeah for the treasure um i really did love the cinematography for this movie i thought the dp did an excellent job i love how each planet has its own visual style earth is very like clean and fresh air and pure and blue and green and like nice looking then you get to the moon and it's very sterile and gray and industrial and the contrast is much harsher where it's like stark blacks and stark whites it's monochromatic then when you get to Mars, everything's just like dusty and dirty and red. And remember uh, Blade Runner 2049? Yeah. When he yeah. goes to Vegas? It almost reminded me of a Total Recall, too, a little bit, the original one. Like yeah. when it's like the red planet and you see like all the red coming through, like when they're walking down and yeah. like it, you could just see it. That's what it kind of reminded me of, too. Yeah. I did a great job with it. Um, I appreciate that the movie ended on a positive note, even though like it was kind of bleak. Because like what you said, Muggs, like that's a scary ass thought. Oh, yeah. I do appreciate that like this character went on this journey, which is nearly identical to the same journey that his father went on. And while his father chose to press on, even in the face of absolute certainty that there is no extraterrestrial life, despite devoting his entire life to it, it has an opposite effect on his son, where his son goes back home seeing the proof and decides to open himself up, not be concerned with his heart rate, willing to put his faith in others. Like he gives that whole speech at the end, which yeah. is in direct contrast to what I believe was the opening speech of the movie, where he's proud of his ability to isolate himself both physically and emotionally from those around him. While at the end, he's willing to embrace the chaos and uh, what it means to be a true human being as part of society. And I do appreciate that this movie tells this very existential story about the state of mankind using the singular story of a particular individual 
And, and I do appreciate that, that they're able to touch on much deeper societal and, you know, species things with this one singular story. Um, yeah, Brad Pitt's narration reminds me of the nine-year-old from Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> like, he's narrating the shit out of that movie. Um, I like how you made that connection. Like, I was, I I was thinking of it the whole movie. I love that, too. <laughs> when it comes to the dad, however, I do feel like that ended so abruptly. I will say this, though. As far as us meeting the dad and kind of not getting what we want, does that not take you on the same emotional journey that Brad Pitt went on? Like you went so far out and you got nothing yeah. only, only to find yeah. that there was yeah, nothing. I guess you could look at it that Same way. thing yeah. with Tommy Lee Jones. Like he went out there and he found nothing. So I did appreciate that. But I felt like that ending was just so abrupt. But I think when you think about the way these characters have been fleshed out and built, like I, I, it might be the only appropriate way for that to, to happen, I guess. Where like his dad is like do or die to the end. I'm about my work, and then Brad Pitt's like, nah, fuck that. We going home. Like yeah. we got we got to live a life. Before I pass it off to you, Dominic, there is one thing that I'm kind of debating within myself: is Tommy Lee Jones committed to the mission because he is so obsessed with it, or does he say to his son like, look, man, you got to let me go, as a means to say, look, dude, like you have a life. Like you've seen that there's no life out there. You need to go back. In addition to, I can't believe that I widowed my wife, left my kid behind to go on this crazy journey, killed all these people to only find out that there's nothing out there. My entire life has been wasted. I can't believe I didn't take advantage of what was in front of me this entire time. Do you think that it's either that or he's just obsessed? Because I feel personally that he is like embarrassed yeah he's almost embarrassed like i have to keep doing this because i sacrificed so much there's no going back from the mistakes i've made if he goes back he's a murderer like everyone knows his you know he killed his whole crew like he's a joke now he's a terrible father terrible husband in the name of what and And almost like he's a failure he never found any extraterrestrial yeah yeah and he and the whole movie we're touting him as this great hero great explorer this pioneer and then, you know, he is those things, you know, geographically in the way that he's able to go further than anybody, but he's also gone further than anybody in what he's willing to do, which is unfortunate. Yeah. All the negative things that he's done. Yeah, I think I think more than anything, it's about being disappointed or embarrassed that he didn't find what he was looking for. More than yeah. the family thing. I think all that is secondary. I think it's more like I spent all this time. He did what he did by killing the crew. He like... He was so adamant. He was so determined. He was so sure that he was going to find something out there. I mean, think about this. it. Like everyone has that question. It's like, there's no possible way. Like of all, like the vastness of space. Like we're the only ones. It's like you have that thought in your mind. You just like there has to be. You, yeah, it just drives you crazy. You yeah, just, we do that, and then we keep thinking, and then we just go on with our lives. Like he, yeah. it consumed his yeah. entire life, and it's just. I mean, I don't think that. Again, I don't think the family, I don't think anything like that was on even on his mind at one point or another. I think it was more just, this is all I am, is mm. this. And mm. it's like, obviously he didn't find anything, so it's just like, this, I'm going to die trying to do what I'm doing. I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I didn't enjoy the ending personally. Mm. I, I, I was left wanting more. I wanted more out of it. But I understand what you're saying, Kerwin. I, I get it. And it's like, it just, that's, it just consumed him. And it just took over his life. And it's like, 
I think it's an embarrassment thing to that he didn't find what he was looking for. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I know I said that was my last thing, but uh, yeah, my real last thing, my last thing is uh, Brad Pitt. I think he gave a great performance. Loved him in this movie. Amazing. Um, like you said, Jay, there's no closure. Yeah. Yo, I, Brad Pitt and his dad killed a bunch of people. We, bro, you're not gonna be at Starbucks like meeting your your ex wife. Like you're gonna be in jail. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. If you think about it. Well, it was a top secret mission. No, so. like it would have knocked True. out. You know, they gave the classified mission was like this thing. The waves are, you know, destroying our fucking planet. So you need to go and stop it. So I mean, there were casualties, but at the end of the day, you saved millions. That is true. Billions of people. Yeah, you're so, right. you don't think some kind of court martial or something's um, gonna happen? You, I don't know. You might have got a slap on the wrist because yeah, it's classified. Maybe, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Oh, also, um, those engines are hot as fuck. There's no way he would have survived climbing up to the ship. <laughs> yeah. While, like while those engines are priming, I am pretty sure it is like thousands of degrees in that launch bay. Well, he no, was, he, he was wet. Been just fine, Kerwin. He would have been was, just he, fine. He just swam in fucking <laughs> the water. Yeah, like. he was wet. It was just like, he would have got a little dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have been fine. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> New yeah. suit. Yeah. New suit, who it is? <laughs> All right, Dominic, what is uh, your trash and treasure with this movie? I mean, you guys pretty much touched on everything. Like, I... I just want to say that one of my treasures with that is subverted all my expectations. Like, I was going into this movie thinking it's going to be like a space odyssey. It's going to be like super advanced technology, like oh, laser beams and you know hyperdrive and like the stuff that we've been brainwashed like in any typical like uh, space odyssey movie. But it didn't. Like, I enjoyed the practicality of everything. Like, I enjoyed like the things like how you said earlier. Like, oh, they commercialized flying to yeah, the moon and stuff really like that cool, yeah. I enjoyed those things and like it wasn't anything crazy it was like they had a fucking subway over there it's just like yeah, everywhere they, they went they added things from earth to the moon yeah and it like, wasn't futuristic it was like no they got a fucking subway like yeah, it's, just, responded, it's just like another airport or something yeah, yeah they responded to a call to a fucking shelter like it wasn't <laughs> nothing crazy like oh yeah we need to get on the enterprise and save all these pilots like no it's like nothing was crazy about this movie like even in like the the doom buggy space scene, like you didn't hear anything. You just felt like the bass and like the from the hits and stuff like that. Everything made sense to me. I don't know. I just got the movie. Everything, every relationship, even though like some of the side characters were like not built up or anything like that. But it's just like that was the whole purpose of the movie. Just so like that's not what you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on Brad Pitt and his journey to get to some answers. And then at the end, he ultimately finds the answer. Like, in a weird way, but I think that's what I enjoyed the most. Like, the cons were the pros, in in a sense, if the that what? makes sense. The what's were the what? The, the trashes were the treasures. <laughs> get with it, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, even though there wasn't enough backstory, like that was part of my trashes, but then again, I didn't really think we needed it, you know what I mean? kind of feel like I know where your ticket price is going, but... Yeah. yeah. It's not It's not 20. Is it, <laughs> is it going to the moon? At Astro. <laughs> Um, but last thing was this I wish there was a little bit more acting like emotional acting in the last scene between him and his father but other than that that's pretty much it you guys touched on everything so alright so let's get into how much we would pay to see Ad Astra Jason how much are you paying to see this movie I'm stuck between 5 and 10 right now to be honest was it because of the D box no <laughs> Was no, it because I, of the D? I, I, I mean, the D box, I think, helped a little bit, but I don't know. I just, I think I may have seen the trailer 
once. I think one of you guys may have shown me once on your guys' phones while we were doing another podcast or watching football or something. I think we, I watched it. Or, I mean, I wasn't watching football, but you guys were. And I, like, you guys showed me it. And I remember thinking it was interesting, but I feel like, you know, First Man had just come out recently. And I'm, yeah. like, thinking of The Martian and all these movies. And I'm, like, another one of these? Like, I'm, like, I, I didn't really have an interest in it. And you guys, I think Mugs. I mean, Marvel movies, yeah. Like yeah, it's just, like, another Space one. fatigue, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, we'll see. And, uh Going into it, I really had like no idea what the movie's about. To be honest, I don't remember watching or paying attention to the the ad. I don't have TV. I only have you know Netflix and shit like that. So I never remember looking up the advertisement for the trailer. But um, I don't know what the the way the ending was. The performances. I mean, I like it visually. I think I'm gonna go five bucks. I don't know if I'll watch the skin. If I do, it'll be on Netflix or something, and I'll give it another shot just to see. Definitely not watching again in theaters. But yeah, I'm gonna go with five bucks. All right. Mugga, how much are you paying to watch this movie? While watching this, I kept comparing it to The Martian for some reason and Gravity. I don't know why. I don't know if you guys did. Um, when I read some stuff, they also put in Interstellar. I never saw First Man, but uh, I kept thinking of those movies. And, how, and I don't think this is as good as The Martian or Gravity for sure or Interstellar. Those I would probably put around the 15 range doing more research on. The, I think I got to give this a 10. I think it's it's solid in certain aspects, but nothing to push it over into those teen or twenty range. So I'm gonna give it a ten. Um, I, I was struggling with this. Like uh, after I spoke with Dominic, after we'd seen it, I wanted to give this a fifteen right off the bat because I I really did enjoy this movie. Like I've seen First Man, Mugga, yeah, and like I liked this movie more than First Man. I felt way more disconnected from Ryan Gosling's character in that movie and I know that was part of the intent with that movie as well as as far as like a character study or whatever it was you know now that I've had like a day or two to digest it like a couple days to kind of digest it I don't know if I can give this movie 15 like I'm gonna give this movie like a real solid $10 rating so I'm, uh, I'm gonna go 10 with this movie but I, I really did enjoy it I would definitely watch it again, but like I'm, I, I can't give it a 15. Yeah. So uh, Dominic, how much are you paying? I'm gonna give it a 10 as well. Although I did enjoy it, it's just, it, it was long and you kind of had to piece everything together yourself. It's very interpretive, I felt like. It just took all that for me to enjoy it. And I just felt like, I don't know, a movie should make you more excited, I guess. But yeah, I'm gonna just stick with 10. Okay, yeah, and I think that's the thing too, is just like the trailer, this movie doesn't give you what the trailer tells no, you you're going to see all. at all. And it's not it's not a bad movie. It's not terrible. But it's just like that trailer totally gives you something else. Right. Like you think you're going to see something else. And um, I mean, I think we all kind of got the same theme from the yeah. movie overall, which yeah. I think is a good thing for yeah, we a had film. To, like piece it together. Like, OK. Yeah. Kind of what you're saying, Dominic. But like one thing I got to ask you guys before we move on is like, do you think because this movie straight up tells you what the movie is about like when you compare the first opening kind of introspective monologue to the final one where he meets his wife at the coffee shop they are in direct contrast to each other to the point where he tells you like now that i know there's no life out there i've decided to turn inward to human society and you know what does he say embrace the pain not be worried about consequences like i think one of the lines that stuck out to me was like i'm purely focused on the essential and the exclusion of everything else yeah i was like that line stuck out to me the most. I feel like that was the whole point. It was kind of like a we're all we got kind of yeah. thing. It's just like, I'm. oh, he says, I'm willing to put my trust in others and yeah. not just myself. Like, I feel like this movie is very straightforward because of that narration. Do you think this movie would have been better without it? 
No. It should have kept stayed in the movie? I thought so. Okay. I mean, to show the growth, yeah. Yeah, I would want to keep it into it. I mean, okay. you talked about not having any closure, right? I thought this gives you somewhat closure. Yeah, but I mean, if we don't get that. So if you don't get that, well, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, you, know? you get some sort of change in arc, I guess. I mean, what are your thoughts, Kerwin? No, I think I think it's there. I just think it's funny because a lot of the negative reviews I've been seeing, it's either they either don't get it or it's too slow for them. And I can understand the slow part, but I kind of feel like it's like right there for you. Like it's it's right there in front of you. Like they tell you what this movie is about, like the entire movie, especially towards the end. So like my only beef would be kind of reviews that in which people don't understand what the movie is trying to tell, you know? Yeah. yeah. So like I, every moment in the movie, I was expecting some sort of alien to fucking pop out. Yeah. Especially in the water. I was just like, okay. I, I was waiting for something like that too. I'm not going to lie. It's going to twist somewhere, but it didn't. So Ultimate treasure. Like, no aliens. Yeah. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah. That is true. Aliens. Yeah. For once. But, uh, we good on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, most important thing we need to figure out, you know, this is tough. Is Tom Cruise out there beyond oh, Neptune? Shit. But if he was in this movie, who would he be? I don't. I don't know. I have no. I mean, you can't take away Brad Pitt at all, no. right? But I'm like Donald like... Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones are so much older, so he couldn't play them. I don't know where you put him in at. Yeah, that's really tough with this one. Tom Cruise is a great pilot, so he can't be the guy that can't land. That's he could true. be the monkey guy that got eaten. Well, he could be that Just guy. A cameo? I can't do that to him. It's like Matt Damon in Interstellar. Nah. He could be the uh, the captain that gets shot driving the buggy. No, he has to be the main. He has to be the main one. Brad Pitt. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. You take that away from Brad Pitt, huh? Maybe in the opening when they're talking about the mission, the secret mission they're gonna do. I forget mm-hmm. the guy's name. Like the general. Yeah, one of the generals. Maybe you could have been one of those guys just real quick in the beginning. I don't know. Outside of that, I have no idea. Didn't you say mugs at? Brad Pitt is in every single shot of this movie. So I wanted to bring that up. In not every single shot. Okay. Every single scene. Every single scene, sorry. Every scene, Brad Pitt is in this. Mm. I kind of want to watch him again just to verify that, but I was told <laughs> he's in every single scene, which is interesting. Well, it doesn't but, leave us a lot of options, too, yeah, to put Tom yeah. Cruise A lot of the side characters aren't really developed. It's like yeah. quick and by, you know? Yeah, I feel like no matter what role you put him in, that he's not Brad Pitt, it's essentially a cameo. Yeah. 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 This one's a tough yeah, It's a bad movie to do this He one, could uh, He could just be like Neptune. <laughs> Just the whole planet? He played the house on the intruder, so he could be a planet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, with that, uh, we're out here. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening. James Gray co-wrote Ad Astra with uh, Ethan... Uh, what the fuck? Ethan Hunt? Yeah, Ethan Hunt. <laughs> I, I, I keep wanting to say Ethan Hunt, yeah. I wanted to try a pun, but I thought it would be stretching too hard, and you're like, he's got dad jokes, and I'm like, well, are they out of this world? But I just did no, not. I didn't have enough I didn't have enough That was I know. Situation uh, will arrive in our lives, but, but you, you gotta be smart about it. Celebration <laughs> with the guys I sacrifice, cause I know you could not live without it.
Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much... Ah, fuck. Dominic, I gotta test your mic. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> intro. <laughs> oh, fuck. 